We're all back together. We're all back together. The family's back together. Where was Josh? He's back. He's back. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Uh, what is this? The Between Week 6, Week 7 podcast? Right. This is Monday after Week 6. You uh, had a couple takers on the Josh Wasn't There hashtag, by the way. Did, did we? Yeah. Did. I like it. All right. It. Why don't you look them up and go through them? Uh, we're going to do a quick 15 to 20 minute recap of what we're happened in Week 6. We're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the yeah. three best friends that anybody could have. Yeah. Uh, so, Josh, while you look through them, Josh actually went to the Giants game. Uh, Giants Baltimore game, Man. and I told him uh, hashtag save it for the podcast. Right. Um, I said real, what real quick before you continue. There okay. was someone that tweeted in hashtag Josh wasn't there and spelled there T H E I R. Who was it? Uh, being Shuja. Oh, I, I like Shuja. I, love I like how being you guys Look at that. Like that's awesome. I haven't wrote a difference in there ever in my life. You're a there there T H E R E every time. Are you time. good with your? It doesn't matter what the use is. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You got it. You can read and you can talk. It, you, it's one of the theirs. You figure. I love it out. when people do that. They used to do that to me on Twitter. Like, your oh, used the wrong use of your. <laughs> Oh, what an idiot. It is the big Twitter thing <laughs> that people make fun of. Um, so you went. I went. What was it like to watch Odell in person? And then what What was the atmosphere of the crowd like? So I was telling Adam this morning, and the reason he said hashtag same for the podcast was seeing Odell Beckham play in person. It's special, guy, right? It's special. Yeah. And, of course, you can see the highlights on TV, but when you get to watch him score and then you get to watch him go down the sideline and do everything that he does in person – and not have to have a TV camera take it away from you. It was truly special to yeah, watch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, everybody that I was sitting next to, no interest in the game after each Beckham touchdown. It was just follow him down the sideline, see what he does, right. watch him go crazy. You were saying people were, like, hitting each other, going, yeah, look at everyone, him, look at everyone him. Everyone slapping each other and just saying, watch him go down the sideline, watch him go down the sideline. So you saw him impregnate the... Uh, the... I saw him uh, impregnate the kicking net, right. which was great. That happened And then right proposed. But he proposed, proposed so yeah, which was nice good. Him, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say overall the crowd yesterday was <laughs> was really angry at the refs right. uh, after the well, second pass after the second pass interference call. Pretty much every time a whistle blew, people just booed just to boo. Right. Um, but getting to see Beckham in person was was pretty damn cool. Man, I haven't been to like a that. Giants game in a long time. Actually, now that you're saying it, I can still picture those murmurs in the crowd and everything. Yeah, where everyone's uh, just. But that, but that to me goes back to our point, which is like. Man, the people go to see that guy play. He's polarizing. And I, I always bring this up, too. I don't know too. why he's polarizing. I think we've talked about it because he's super talented. And yeah, but why, polarizing means that someone's going to have an opposing view. That someone's going to think oh, that he's not that good or right. that he's hurting the team. And you look at it and go, no, he's the only reason the team is winning. Yeah, I, I think everybody thinks he's good. I just think there's a lot of jealous haters out there, especially in the NFL. Players have a hard time talking good about him. I, I have noticed that. Mm. And I... I'll just say this, too. I know I've said this about Adrian Peterson. Yep. Uh, it's just something that always kind of sticks out in my head just because of my dad, and he's been around football for so long. But, like, Odell Beckham Jr., Adrian Peterson, um, Randy Moss. Who was another? It was maybe another one. But just the guys that he just I, – I can still remember the first time he ever saw them in person. He just said it was special. Like it's there's who something did, that sticks out. Who did your dad out. see recently that said he was good, but he wasn't Adrian Peterson? He, Ezekiel Elliott last week. He goes, he was really good, but it wasn't like seeing Adrian Peterson for that first time. Because he literally the first time he saw Adrian Peterson, he called me that night and he goes, Christopher, have you ever seen Adrian Peterson in person? And I said, Yeah. Was this he in goes, college or pros? No, this is pros. And I go, Yeah, Dad, I have. And he I goes, played against. He him. goes, This is the first game I did it. I goes, I, I, 
I, I was I was in awe. I, mm. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, Zeke kind of has that Emmett Smith quality, right. where it's a little bit unimpressive in terms of that. But Zeke, man, the way He's he more dives, power oriented. yes, the right. way he torpedoes himself, right. the way he runs so hard and. I love that guy, man. Um, all right, let me go through a bunch of the storylines from this past week. Uh, let's start off with a game you have watched on film. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much trouble is Denver in? Ooh, I, mm, I, I would say they're, they're still the best defense in football, in my opinion. You're, wait, we just talked to Howie, and I think you – did you say you would put I Minnesota? Denver. So I you'd still go with Denver. Yes, I would. Denver was really good on defense again in that game. Mm. I think we just forget because they lost. And because and, Trevor Simeon was so unimpressive. Exactly. That's this. That's and the that concern. offensive line looked like crap. Right. It's that, that is don't worry. They just signed Billy Turner. <laughs> their, uh, their, their offense in general, though, uh, you know, they need to do more in the pass game. Uh, Simeon, too. Listen, is he capable of doing more? That's what we're going to see with Simeon. I think that's the big question. Is Simeon going to justify himself as an NFL starter over the last nine weeks here? Or will he be a really high polished backup? Or is he a great backup for the rest okay. of his career? This is, this is the time and for where him do to you, it out. So on a scale of 1 to 10, what did you? I would say right now, oh, I mean, as far as how good they are How so, much trouble are they in? Oh, I, I mean, I'm, we're saying 10, they're in big trouble. That's typically how this works, okay. yes. Uh, no one's like 1 is the most trouble and 10 <laughs> is the least. Uh, I, I think they're... I think they're still like a four. Mm. I think they're okay. I'm not okay. going to panic yet. All right. Uh, Big Ben tears his meniscus. Um, seeing some reports it could be one game. Uh, they lose to Miami, and I think they would have lost to Miami even if Big Ben never came out of that game. I think so, too. Uh, Rashad Jones, by the way, big-time injury. He might be missing extended time for the Dolphins. But for the Steelers, how does a meniscus – what does it mean for Big Ben and the Steelers, that injury? You yeah. were a big Landry Jones fan last year, right? No, I don't know. I don't recall being. I don't. I, uh, I think you had a stint where you were like, they, they can, can still it get work. it done with right, Landry. Right. Um, you were, he was a big A.J. McCarron fan. I was definitely an A.J. Okay. McCarron fan there, yes. Uh, I think uh, you're right about that. The offense was going to struggle regardless. But a meniscus tear to a quarterback like Big Ben. I think overall uh, he's going to get it cleaned up. And they're going to wear a big bulky brace on his knee his first few weeks back. And I don't think it's going to affect his game a whole lot at all. What about not having Big Ben for a week or two? Well, I, I mean, this is... They were going to lose this New England game no matter what. This was the... Well, but what about the flow I don't want to say that. I mean, you know, we said that about Miami going against True. Pittsburgh. So, True. you know what I mean? But I have a lot of faith in, in New England. Yeah, New England usually does not beat themselves. Uh, I mean, this was the one game that... I mean, I was dying to see this matchup. I mean, we wanted to see this matchup last year in week one. You're right. Remember? And we didn't get to see it. Pittsburgh and New England. Yeah. So uh, it's just I wanted to kind of see him at full strength. I kind of thought there would be a chance that they could maybe hang in there in a shootout against uh, the New England Patriots. But with Landry Jones, I have no confidence in that. And I don't see how Pittsburgh can ever stop their defense. I I mean, their offense. Pittsburgh couldn't stop their offense last year in week one in the first game of the year. Uh, Pittsburgh... You want to talk about trouble meter? I mean, yeah, I'm concerned about. Yeah, what are they one through ten? Man, I mean, as a whole, I I think there's like a legitimate seven? six or seven there. Yes. You really think they're messed up on defense? You've said from the beginning of the year they had a fearsome foursome on defense, which right. was Shazier, Timmins, Hayward, and Tuitt. Right. And they lost two of them in the last game. And it's and scary. you said if they lose one, it's in trouble. Right. Because they can't hide their secondary when that's an issue. No, and they don't have enough good then good depth on the D line. I think either. one thing that you said that you told me after you watched that film today was look out for Miami's offensive line. Yes. Miami might be a team that if you see some spreads where they're the underdogs, they have Albert back at left tackle. Tunsil looked good at left guard. 
Pouncey's back at center. Yes. Who was the right guard? Jermon Bushrod. Jermon Bushrod yeah. at right tackle was Jawan James. Yeah, right. All of a sudden, I don't think it was any sacks on Tannehill. No, he had a he had a really and good day. Two hundred plus yards for Jay Ajayi. Man, Jay Ajayi was really impressive. Uh, the Miami Dolphins defensive line was impressive. Mm. Uh, they really were. And I also think that Pittsburgh fell in the trap a little bit of we're going to throw at every play. Yes. And I, I think they really kind of messed up there because they were having success running. But they would go with stints where, you know, yeah, they were stale on offense and they got out and Ben got in the shotgun and mm. they tried to throw it three straight plays in a row. Their next game is the Patriots. I believe that the Patriots are the only true elite team in the NFL. I think the Minnesota Vikings are that next tier. Right. And I think I think the Seahawks are in that next tier. Mm-hmm. But how far is the gap between the Patriots and everybody else right now? I think it's significant. I really do. I in, mean, in I a think league, they're head and shoulders above the rest of the in league. In a league right now. where there's so much parity, right? Like, how much better? How many? Like, I mean, I mean, what would you set the line at at New England, Oakland? Because Oakland's number two in the AFC right now. Wow. Yeah. I would probably favor New England by ten. Right. So, I mean, the AFC. And Minnesota, you don't think that they're going to find a way to take away their only offensive threat? Exactly Seattle's interesting because I think teams like Seattle, I think Atlanta would be interesting. Dallas could be a pain in their butt. Dallas is a really big pain in the butt. And let's let's go right to Dallas. How do you stop the Cowboys' offense right now? I I, I don't know. You're not going to stop them. They are an unstoppable force right now on the offensive line. I mean, they're... It's actually really. They fun are the to watch. team that I think would be the best matchup for the Patriots. Uh, I would. Seattle I, would be right there. Yeah. But I think Seattle's defense, the Patriots have seen enough that they could take advantage of it. Yep. Atlanta would be interesting, but I don't think they have the defensive firepower. But Dallas could be interesting. They have a lot of big corners that could mess around those tight ends. Byron yes, Jones, you right. called a Gronk stopper. Right. Exactly. Um, and then it. You can keep Brady off the field with Dallas's running attack. That would be the biggest thing, yes, just to take them off the field and make them, you know, it's a little stale on the sideline. But it's just the it's the offensive line that really impresses you the most. I mean, it's everything. It's unstoppable. I mean, they're just the onslaught of. I know we talked about it a little earlier on Facebook Live, but just the onslaught of formations and personnel sets and. We have every scheme ever invented. Some of the Patriots, right? The now. Patriots, right? This the ons, They just they keep the pressure on you to such a degree all game long. Oh, Cincinnati's kind of keeping it a stalemate, huh? Yes. Well, you better get ready for a four quarter game with New England because yeah. those things there's their stalemates. They're going to adjust and fix, and then all of a sudden you're going to go. And then you Damn, look at the second half, that. and Martellus Bennett and Gronk are just running wild. Right. They're used to the two tight end set right now with Chris Hogan and Edelman and Amendola yes. and Blunt and right. White. It's it's reaching a point with a healthy Tom Brady where he had four games of rest and they still went three and one. And he's freaking throwing it amazing. He's throwing it amazing. If you're out there at home, watch him and watch his follow through right now, how it's so up across by his like left chest. Instead of straight vertical. Straight vertical down, yes. I mean, they, his... they knocked off the Bengals, and I wanted to look at the Bengals because I still think the Bengals are a team that – I look at the Bengals, Dolphins, and Lions and go – Man, I still think there might be something there. Right. Bengals' four losses are to four teams leading their division. Right. Those teams are a combined 18 and 6. Yep. Are they better than 2 and 4, or are they accurate? Their losses, the 4 and 2 Steelers, the 4 and 2 Broncos, and the 5 and 1 Cowboys and Patriots. No, I think they are better than that. I would say that they're, you know, they're, they're, it's a hard thing to keep up five years of playoff excellence and not think that you're going to have a game or two here and there where you're just. 
you know, going to slip up, not play well, like they did last week against Dallas. They laid an egg. I mean, yeah. just totally were dominated. Because uh, I think the Bengals are a team a that they line up good, and they go, they yeah. go. this is what we do, we're going to be better than you. Patriots can out-scheme them, Cowboys can out-push them, Broncos just had a better defense, yep. and the Steelers, it was a rainy game. Big thing with, like, I look at Cincinnati, I'm just pulling up their schedule right now, too. Okay, you got Cleveland, you got the Redskins, they, they can win both of those yes. games for sure. Then they got a bye week, they got the Giants and the Bills. Really, you know, they're Giants, Cleveland. Bills, Ravens, Eagles, Browns, Steelers, Texans, Ravens. So they are capable of going on they a run They definitely got here. the hardest part out of it, yeah. Yes, they did. They got the hardest part out of the way, and there's no team that's left on their schedule where I look out and go, oh, that's a horrible matchup for them. You mentioned the Buffalo Bills. They've now run one four in a row. Yeah. How serious of a contender do you make the Bills? Uh, I think the Bills are for real. I think the Bills are in the discussion as right now maybe – maybe the second-best team in the AFC. That's how strong I would go. Wow. Yeah, I think their defense, and we haven't even seen Marcel Darius. The second-best team in the AFC. In the AFC, yeah. I mean, Ahead of the Denver Broncos. I think it's like right now, it's it, it would be a, if those two played each other, I mean, it would be a really good game. It really Tyra, would. Taylor. I would probably pick the Denver Broncos. You're right. But they're in the discussion. Like, their, their defense, what, what do you think? Trevor Simeon's going to just go carve them up? Yeah, I doubt yeah, it. I guess you know not. what I mean? And the offense... Uh, they have weapons. I, you, I don't know if you've heard me say this. I think they have the most creative run game in football right now. Tyrod's very smart. His quality of completions is the thing that I like. Oh, it's Long running on distance. first, running yes. on second. Right now it's third and nine, and we need you to make the throw, and he's been doing that. And him and LaShawn McCoy are absolutely emotional backbreakers for defense. They the are. Amount of times third that, and 12, yes. and we got you, finally. And I mean, they, LaShawn McCoy had a right. run yesterday where he was eight yards behind the line of scrimmage and then got a 20-yard touchdown run. <laughs> he is out of his mind right now. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor's playing well, second best. And you said this yesterday. Do you believe that the Steelers are still a Super Bowl contender? I'm a little concerned about that. I, right now, I would say no. They are not playing at Man. a Super Bowl caliber right now. How can you say that? I mean, you know, they're just what do you have to be worried about right now? There's no pass rusher to be scared of. There's they can't play man to man behind it. They can't blitz really because they're worried about their second secondary behind it. What were we going to say? Go ahead. I was going to ask an unrelated question. Yeah. So, uh, football history, rookie duos, uh, Zeke Pratt, and yeah. Dak. Anything to compare that to? I, I mean, Robert Griffin the third and Alfred Morris. That was a good one. You're right. I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. I remember seeing a list somewhere. I got to – Fendrick doesn't realize you can't ask these unpopular I, I don't remember well, one. Just off the top of your running head. back at quarterback, I can't remember one that's, like, this effective. Troy and like, Emmett weren't together, were no, they? No, they were just a year apart, though. They were close. Mm. Uh, so this is – it's pretty special. pretty special. Yes. I mean, Prescott's – Chris Sims and Michael Pittman. <laughs> yeah. No, we weren't the same year. I know. But Pitt was my guy. Yeah. Uh, you just watched on film Detroit – Rams. Yeah, uh, it was a shootout. It what was. It you, was actually one of the. It was a fun game to watch. What did you What did you learn from that game? Anything interesting to take forward for our listeners? Well, I would say the thing with Detroit Lions, they're the best green team in football. Uh, I give them a lot of credit too for stopping Gurley with not with a less than hundred percent Anza, no Nada, no DeAndre Levy. Man, they missed DeAndre Levy really yeah. bad. Um, I'll give credit to the Rams. I mean, again, offense, doing Case a lot Keita, of different man. things. Right. They're in the, in the array of plays. I like it. I look at it and go, I'm not blown away like, wow, this is New England or yeah. this is Kyle Shanahan. But compare it to the other half of the NFL. Or compared to the years of their last five offenses. Yeah, i got to give a lot of credit to Rob Boris. Yeah, we should because we kind of crapped out on it Well, I've, I've apologized to him so many times uh, now. Their defense is an issue. The Rams' defense. I mean, yes. there's another one. We talk about – the Rams get talked about – 
I, even just because this Aaron weekend. Donald's pro football focus grades. It's amazing. And yet Everybody they allowed the like 30 something to the Bucks, 20, like 30 something to the Lions. Right. Um, oh, yeah, they're a sieve right now. Um, you also Matt watched- Stafford was awesome, by the way. Matt Stafford. And Golden Gold. Tate. And that's again, that's where the screens came in. Yeah. They were really smart and taking advantage of the. Let's get upfield Aaron Donald and get after the quarterback. Oh, we threw a screen right behind you, the wide receiver. Yeah. And you play zone soft coverages behind it. So we got blockers and room to run. One more game I want to get before we wrap up. Um, Eagles, Washington. Wash, I mean, Eagles, man. Just, they were on the, the defense was on the field the whole game. Carson yes. had good moments. I know you've watched most of that film. Yeah. What are realistic expectations for the Eagles now that you've watched that? And, yeah. And what's your take overall of that game? Uh, overall, that was a really weird game if we just talk about the game in general. I mean, just put put it this way. Bring up your point about the second quarter. Yeah, right. I mean, it was 14 nothing, and I know you know this. Yeah. It was 14 nothing Redskins. Mal, uh, Wendell Smallwood. Kick return. Well, do you know how that got started? Because Vernon Davis shot the football like a basketball. Oh, I. And they called an un sportsmanlike conduct penalty. I heard. That's which so stupid. I, I, uh, and I say this to Cam, right. our producer Cam, and he goes, you can't use the football as a prop. And I go, man, you look like Roger Goodell and you sing his praises. I, you're shooting a football like a basketball and that's 15-yard penalty. Yeah, that's stupid. That led to a kickoff return by Wendell Smallwood. Right. And then was that Marcus Smith that got pressure? It was. It was Marcus on Smith. On Kirk Cousins right. forced it. Malcolm Jenkins crosses the face. Interception return. 14-14. Right. So now it's 14-14. Washington goes down, scores. Right. Eagles kneel. Washington gets the ball to start the second half. Drive so down. So the Eagles offense has a field goal. So now they're up 24 to 14. They literally left the last time the Eagles were on the field. They were down fourteen nothing, and they got the ball back, and it was to twenty four fourteen game. That's really weird. I mean, I was like mind blown. I was like, wait, there's been twenty four points scored before Carson Wentz steps on the field again. Yes, yeah, so they were teams. they were never in a rhythm all day, and it, it is really hard. I've been in some games like that before, where yeah, you just hey yeah we're we got fourteen points, but man, I don't feel like I've done anything. I don't feel like uh, anything we're doing offensively yeah. feels cohesive or together. And really, that's the way it was for the most most of the game. Um, Wentz was good, but not great. No, uh, he missed a few throws that he normally hits. But the other thing too, I'll say for Wentz in his defense, like again, there will be another team. There, there, are, he can get some easy completions. Not every throw has to be twenty yards down the Is field. Is it him choosing to throw at twenty yards down no, the field? No, a lot of it's the play design. I mean, mm. it's it's let's throw the twenty yard in cut. Let's do the play action and run the post. With I the also crosser. think yesterday with Halipuli Valivaitai struggling at right nice tackle job. and ha- thank you having to keep in tight ends and running backs. Can we get some quick passes? But they passes? didn't do it as much as I thought. As I'm watching, I first got, half they really left them on an island. First half they started the game. With your freaking tight end, Selleck, blocking Ryan Kerrigan. Oh, you mean Ryan Kerrigan's going to beat your tight end? One of the best sack artists in football? Like, that's stupid crap coaches do because it looks on paper. Because if we were in training camp, right, and Kerrigan and Selleck, Selleck had to go against each other and pass rush drills, Kerrigan would win 8 out of the 10, right? Where if they just had a stationary quarterback and they blow the whistle and you got to rush one-on-one yeah. against somebody... The coach would be like, oh, I would never leave him one-on-one with Ryan Kerrigan. And then it gets time to game plan, and they go, oh, this line right there will block that guy. Oh, I got it. I figured it out. We can blocked him. We blocked him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we forgot Ryan Kerrigan's got, like, muscles to his ears. I mean, Man. so that was stupid. Yeah, Vitae is going to be an issue. You have two weak links on your offense, and that's your left guard, Barbary, and 
Um, Barber, yeah. Barber and, uh, yes, Holly I can't Poli- say his name. Holly Poli Vali Vita. Yeah, you're going to say it for me every time. Yeah, but I think the thing is that's tough with a rookie quarterback is that he adjusted to a line that had Lane Johnson, and now he has to adjust to a different line. And now if they have to keep in receivers or running backs or tight ends to block, yeah, they chipped have a little and helped them. Yeah. He's just all over the place. I mean, he's just even the Big run, v. even the run game, and you're you would have been able to run on him. That's the disappointing thing. It's just the game didn't dictate. Yeah, it. exactly. You didn't get a chance to get a game. All right, so we are going to do a more of a preview. Uh, I think we're also going to try and we'll talk more Packers and what the heck is wrong with them. And hey, I am clamoring that they wanted this Monday's podcast to be thirty minutes. I had a few friends who text me who I haven't even heard from in like years who were like, "Dude, your your Monday podcast should be thirty minutes long." Well. Apparently, we did an hour and 40-minute podcast on <laughs> yeah, Thursday. You guys are over here. Not here. Uh, before we go, I just want to give a shout-out to Cody Kessler, uh, quarterback of the Browns. I didn't know this story, and I want to give him some love. So, apparently, last week before the Patriots game, his 17-year-old brother, Dylan, had a virus attack his heart, and he was rushed to the hospital in California. And he was danger for a few days before doctors got things under control. Uh, and it's possible right now that Dylan, who was being recruited to play college, will not be able to play football again and then after the Patriots game he was informed that his great-grandmother who was 92 died the night before and he was extremely close and he dedicated the game to her in this last game against Tennessee he got hit 11 times including six sacks and he got up every single time to the point where I need to watch the film and see this Um, he got up really slowly and the entire Browns organization right now is like this kid is an absolute warrior the quotes that came out of Terrell Pryor the quotes that were coming out of Josh McCown uh, the quotes that were coming out of Hugh Jackson I just want to give out to Shodi Kessler because it's the human side of football that people don't think about where a brother you fear for his life and a very close uh, great grandmother I mean that's like generational stuff mm-hmm. passes away uh, thoughts uh, and everything going out to Cody Kessler um, but I, I think he's a young guy that's put into a really tough situation that has won over the locker room right now and yeah, just one good vibes going ahead. yeah for cool. sure Uh, So we will be back on Thursday. As always, please subscribe on iTunes. Give us a review. We'd really appreciate it. That is how other people can find out about the podcast. We'll do a four-hour podcast on Thursday. Wouldn't you like that? I would. Are you going to be here, actually? Yeah, we'll be here. All right, good. I'm here for the next two weeks. Uh, Two weeks. uh, I'll tell you later. Uh, Okay, so uh, thank you guys so much. As always, hit us up on Twitter as well, at Sims and Lefko. Have a great day and enjoy football. Monday night, well, who's your pick tonight? Arizona. Have you seen the quarterback for the Jets? Yeah, I'll go Arizona, Arizona. too. Okay. See you guys later. Peace out.